welcome back. That's right, back by popular demand. It's the podcast of prestige. I'm your host, Spencer Sheaf, aka at Tingo Man, aka the manager of uh, what's my team name this week? Oh, right, I'm on a boat. I'll probably change that because my team's so great. It doesn't need just one team name. It's got to have all the team names. I'm joined by this week's guest. He has risen from the depths of scoring not even 70 points to becoming the second highest scoring team in the league. And he only missed out on this distinction of being the highest scoring team by just one yard from any of his skill players. His name is Kieran. Kieran, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today, Spencer. Yeah, absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you. So uh, just real quick, um, before we get into all the football stuff, there is something important, non-football related or election related that I want to talk about. Um, Kieran, you live in California, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm in San Francisco. San Francisco. So how have you been doing if the fires out there? Is everything okay? Have you been safe throughout all of that? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm personally been pretty safe in the city. Um, it's, I know a lot of people that have been directly affected by it. And then the other thing is though, aside from the actual fires, you know, burning down homes and the danger with that, that is very close to the city. Uh, this, the air pollution and the air quality has been horrible. Um, you know, we've not been able to leave the house some days because it's so bad. Uh, there was, I don't know if you saw as well, the, uh, a couple weeks back, the skies were orange for an entire day. Um, just with the fires raging so close across the Bay Area. So it's been pretty crazy. Um, You know, it's, I obviously am not as affected by a lot of people. A lot of people have lost their homes and things like that, but it's still just something that is just always there, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm really glad to hear that you're okay, man. Um, Out here in Colorado, we've had our own wildfires and it is very unsettling. You go outside and it looks like it's foggy and your weather app will tell you that's foggy biz actually the smoke and mm-hmm. you know you take a breath and it's like oh it kind of smells good it smells like a campfire and then you remember oh that's people's homes that i'm smelling um exactly the sun's like blood orange when it sets it's really weird uh i went out on my front porch one day and it, it straight up looked hazy and i was legitimately afraid that the fires had spread to where we were um so, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that you're okay, man. Um, back to football-related stuff, but still going to a Colorado-California rivalry. Um, you're a 49ers fan. I'm a Broncos fan. Tell me, Kieran, which team has been most heavily impacted by injuries? I mean, I think if I'm being unbiased, it's probably going to be up to whoever you are specifically asking, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. I, the fact that we've lost uh, – basically our top defenders on our line, you know, our two defensive ends and Solomon Thomas and Nick Bosa. Um, we have, are going to be playing our fifth or sixth running back of the year or something like that with Mostert, Coleman, you know, uh, McKinnon just got upgraded to healthy. So at least, at least there's that. I've got him on my bench, Jimmy Garoppolo out, Kittle out. You know, we started with, I think two or three wide receivers at the beginning of the season. They're slowly coming back, but it's been, non-stop it's like we're playing our practice squad out there but uh it's been pretty crazy yeah it may it reminds me of two years ago when basically this same thing happened your offense was reduced to just george kittle and he had that breakout season because he's mm-hmm. just a monster of a man but yeah um seeing you guys get so close to seeing to 
you know, you guys were in the Super Bowl. You were one missed open receiver away from having a championship, in my opinion. Like, you guys were being competitive with the Chiefs, although Mahomes did have clearly have some nerves at the beginning of that game. I do mm-hmm. think that played into it a little bit. But, yeah, you guys, you know, we're just about to figure out, okay, can, can we, you know, let's try this again. Let's try to get ourselves a championship. Like, your window is now. Whereas the Broncos, you know, we've had almost the same number of injuries. We've had slightly fewer players getting injured, although we're playing at MetLife tomorrow, so we'll see how that goes. Um, But, you know, this season was just really a question of, are the Broncos fielding a competent team? Um, And we have to wait another year to have that answered, which, you know, the Broncos have just sucked since Super Bowl 50. And, yeah, spoiled fan base. We're only five years removed from the last Super Bowl Super Bowl, but yeah, like seeing the mediocrity of Simeon and Lynch and Osweiler and Flacco and like just just a carousel. Like Monday Night Football has a freaking carousel graphic for quarterbacks. It's embarrassing. I'm tired of it. But <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I think it's like you said. It just kind of depends on how you ask and what kind of metrics you're using. Um, if you're going by base numbers or the value that each injured player brought to the team yeah absolutely I mean I don't I having our team just spend two weeks at MetLife you know up in (laughs) New York I I don't uh, envy the Broncos heading out there but uh, if it had to be a team that you're facing this week with so many injuries uh, let me tell you from based on last week it is nice that it's one of the two New York teams at least you know so you got that going for you so do definitely uh, wish the Broncos luck, especially there's a lot riding on that uh, Jets game, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, one of my coworkers is actually a Jets fan, and it's really funny. Us, the Broncos fans, are rooting for the Jets because, you know, tank for Trevor, although I'm, <laughs> I'm personally not on that train. I think, you know, let's wait and see Drew Locke. You know, let's get the number one pick naturally. Um, mm-hmm. the, the Jets fan, he is – he actually said go Broncos earlier today because – he wants Gase fired. Any rational football fan wants Gase fired. He does not belong on an NFL team. Like, agreed. Gosh, that guy's such an idiot. Anyways, let's move on to trades. So the first trade I want to talk about happened earlier this week. It was Johnny Smith in exchange for Melvin Gordon. Uh, Evan received Melvin Gordon and Johnny Smith uh, went to Justin's team. Kieran, you had said in the chat that this trade pissed you off. Why is that? Uh, For me, more so, I I think it was uh, coming from a place of I obviously have been trying to get some trades out there, things like that. Uh, The people I had talked to weren't very much for it, uh, but it pissed me off just because that kind of trade didn't seem, you know, not necessarily, I guess not necessary, uh, at least from my view at the time. Uh, So that's just kind of, I was just throwing those words out there because I was, I know I had been in talks with Evan, things like that. So I was kind of more talking from the heart. (laughs) Yeah, I I know how you feel uh, because it's definitely frustrating. You know, you're you're trying to either buy a guy or ship a guy and you've been talking with that owner for just days and then suddenly a trade comes through and you're like, what? I would have given you way better value than that. Although I do think this actually is a fair trade um, because Melvin Gordon, he's a great running back. Mm-hmm. But he is one of he is one of only two offensive weapons that the Broncos have right now. Philip Lindsay is going to come back soon, um, but right now it's just Melvin Gordon and Noah Fant. And 
you know, it's pretty easy to block the run with the cruddy O-line that the Broncos have right now. Like, we're down to our third-string right tackle. And so while Melvin Gordon is definitely the type uh, caliber player that could finish the season as an RB1, I think he's going to finish closer to an RB2. Hopefully, hopefully that's uh, as low as he gets. Um, whereas Johnny Smith, you know, he's on track to finish as a tight end one. And I th- yeah. And considering positional scarcity, I, th- you know, an RB2 for a tight end one, I take that trade any day of the week, depending on my team's situation. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely think it is more situation. It's what you need if you're not really having anyone that even can put up points for you for the tight end position. I don't think it's that bad of a move to get rid of Gordon. And then on the other side, I think, you know, uh, Evan having Gordon, gaining Gordon from that, it's it just strengthens what he already had. You know, he has Drake um, and he's hoping for that. He has Mixon. He's hoping for that, you know, probably – I can't imagine how Evan's doing stewing with that. So just trying to thicken that pot as well, just making sure he has other options and a pretty solid option, like you were saying, because he's who knows what Lindsay's going to make as far as an impact when he comes back and things like that. Yeah. Although, although, you know, it's, it's kind of like, uh, I'm a lot of this is going to relate to a later trade that we're going to talk about, but you know, Philip Lindsay and Melvin Garner, basically in a 50, 50 timeshare, same with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. And, you know, as, you know, it is annoying for fantasy, but it's not frustrating because it there there is a good chance that either player could have just a breakout game. You know, it's the teams riding the hot hand, but, you know, it's Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. They're both the starters. They're 1A, 1B. So you don't, in my opinion, you don't really lose out from having one over the other, um, although Philip Lindsay's injury does hurt a little bit. Um, and then... At the beginning of the podcast, I mentioned that you were one yard away from having the highest scoring team. You know who else was just one mm-hmm. yard away? Travis Kelsey. Uh, Travis Kelsey or Will Fuller, for that matter. If they had, if either of those players had just gotten one more yard, they, in combination with Russell Wilson, would have outscored all of the players that were remaining on Andrew's team after that trade. And uh, you know, I don't mean to use the podcast to dump on Andrew's team. You know, he's a reigning champion, as I mentioned in the last episode. I'm, you know, not saying he's a bad manager and all that. And I've been in those situations where I've made trades that didn't exactly pan out. But I thought that <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Both of those things were just one yard away from uh, perfection, as you would say. That that is crazy. I didn't even realize that. That's pretty interesting to yeah. me, to know. Yeah, like right now they're they're actually uh, Andrew's team just had uh, I think it was 0.04 points, uh, which weirdly enough is the same kind of upper hand that Matt's team had over you, in being the uh, higher scoring team. That's basically just like an extra 25 yards for from the quarterbacks. Yeah, absolutely. No, and that's. I mean, I think. As far as, you know, that trade, I think that's one we're going to be talking about for the rest of the season, uh, just seeing the ramifications of it or, you know, seeing how much that can propel Jackson's team as well as, you know, was that even close to a good choice for Andrew? Um, I mean, who, there's probably going to be some weeks where it does pan out, but you can't really tell until – it's only week four, right? We're only heading into week four, so we'll see. Yeah, there, there's still plenty of time for Jackson to get screwed by this trade as well. 
<laughs> so the next trade I want to talk about is one that you were involved in. Uh, so you traded Matt, Tyler Lockett, and Phil Lindsay in exchange for Keenan Allen and Kareem Hunt. Uh, before I give my opinion on this, Kieran, what was your reasoning when who, – who offered this trade? Was it you that offered it or was it Matt? Uh, it, conversations started uh, probably, I would say, from Matt. I mean, we had been talking kind of over the weekend ever since Barkley got hurt, kind of back and forth, kind of feeling each other out on what could work. Um, and we shelved it for the weekend and then kind of picked it back up. Um, Matt decided, you know, came in pretty strongly about wanting Lockett. Um, and I had been talking to a few other people about what I can get and things like that. Um, and I, I just really kind of decided that I needed a running back now, um, for me at the time, looking at like what my roster was, cause had no news on if Carson was in or out, I can't bank on him. I mean, he's been my saving grace so far this season, but uh, I just decided I needed a running back and I didn't think that anyone was going to give me even, you know, the time of day for RB one, a clear RB one. Um, so with that in mind, you know, I kind of went with the conversation, entertained it a little bit for hunt. He is performing pretty well. You know, I know that he's not an exact one-on-one <laughs> -on -one trade with that, but um, like we were talking about earlier, if it matches what your needs are and you're willing to take that gamble, that's kind of what I was leaning towards with my mindset for this. Yeah, I, I actually really like this trade because, like I said uh, earlier, uh, just a few minutes ago, Kareem Hunt, Philip Lindsay, you know, they're in comparable situations. They are the 1A slash 1B for the teams that they're on. It's just a matter of, you know, who has the hot hand that week. I do think Kareem Hunt is the more talented running back. I love Philip Lindsay, you know, one of the first – I think he was the first un undrafted free agent to get back-to-back 1,000-yard -back seasons, and you can't discount that. Um, but he's also in a questionable situation. You know, mm -hmm. once he comes back, Broncos are still going to be missing court on Sutton. Jerry Judy is a rookie, so is K.J. Hamler. And then the third-string wide receiver is Tim Patrick, who was on the team last season, but he's still the third-string wide receiver this season. In fact, I think he was also actually the fourth-string when Cortland Sutton was active. Um, whereas, you know, Keenan Allen, awesome receiver, questionable situation, you know, who's going to be his quarterback in a few weeks. I doubt that Tyrod Taylor is going to be the starter again. I, I, I mean, I don't really see that happening with as well as Justin Herbert is playing, but, you know, Anthony Lynn is a professional head coach and he's an awesome head coach. So he, he may think differently from him. Whereas Tyler Lockett, also an awesome wide receiver, but he's in a much better situation. So you're getting basically a wide receiver in a great situation for a wide receiver and a questionable situation and a running back in a, not necessarily a great situation, but a better situation and running back who's in a questionable situation. I don't think this was obvious at the time y'all uh, made this trade, but Philip Lindsay was limited in practice yesterday. So he's going to come back sooner rather than later. So it's not like Matt's going to be waiting a super long time for Philip Lindsay to make an impact on his team. Absolutely. And I, and for me, like when I was looking at my roster, making the final decision to go ahead with it, the thing that stuck out to me, I was looking at, at the time, my playable running backs, right? My starters who weren't questionable were Dobbins and Freeman. So 
Yeah. <laughs> that kind of, it's, you know, I, I know that I have, I do have great wide receivers. I think my, especially when I had Lockett, like my four wide receivers were very strong. That was obviously my strongest part of my team. Um, but it's a standard league. So I needed something and then hopefully to come back with Carson and match up with Carson when, and hopefully he can come back to form. That was kind of where we were going with that. And I think it was more fair than I feel like some people were saying in the chat yesterday. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't really see this as a, uh, a trade rape. I, I really don't. I like, it's, you know, it, it's objective. Um, but I, I don't think this is anywhere close to a bad trade. It could be questionable depending on your mindset. But in my opinion, this was a fair trade. And I think at the end of the season, all things considered, we're going we're gonna to see that this, this was a good move for both teams. Absolutely. So moving on to our next uh, segment, so to speak, are there any uh, waiver or free agent pickups that you've seen this week that – pique your interest or made you go what um i think for me um i'm looking through them right now i'm trying to go back to them a lot of the ones for me that were kind of the ones that everyone went for if you like when i was looking at it you saw a lot of people went for similar players there were a few on each player um that kind of jumped out with that i'm trying to pull that up yeah uh who was it um justin jefferson had like you five yeah, people claim that was a big one. I, I included. Uh, I was talking to Justin Jefferson, although I did not expect to get him, considering I think I had the fifth or sixth uh, priority in waiver. Yeah, I do like I, uh, one of the ones that I did like um, looking at, and I, I hope it doesn't come to it because I got the other side of this, but I did like uh, Travis Homer by Anthony picking up, uh, dropping Nikhil Harry mm-hmm. and picking up Travis Homer, just because if Carson is out that there is every chance in the world that, you know, Hyde and Homer split with uh, Homer, at least from what I've seen being more of a receiving back, um, kind of probably more likely to fill the role of Carson in that with kind of those options there. Um, so I went the other route and went for Hyde just because he's more of the, I would hope, yeah. three down every down back um with that at least ground and pound uh, and, and i just know hides capabilities mm-hmm. um but yeah the homer pickup for me was another good i good one at least in my eyes yeah um although it is worth mentioning chris carson did practice today um i imagine it was i saw that limited. um but yeah it's uh looks it's looking like he's gonna be back sooner rather than later which is great considering um that role that he got that was that was rough um not not great to look at. I can understand why the Seahawks were not happy with that. Yeah. For for me, the the thing that made made me uh just kind of made me question the logic a little bit. Chris picked up the Kansas City Chiefs defense off the waiver wire and then almost immediately dropped them to pick up the Jets defense. Um I am seeing that right here. And <laughs> I'm not going to lie, Chris, um, I feel slighted. I take this personally. Um, I don't – I mean, it, it, yes, the Broncos have a crappy offense. They're going to they're gonna look bad tomorrow. I'm warning everyone that's planning on watching the Thursday night football game, it is going to be bad. It's one of those games where you watch for the memes, not for the football. 
but to drop the Chiefs defense, I mean, the Chiefs defense has been really under, underrated this season of, you know, uh, watching them Monday Night Football, the way they just dominated the Ravens. Like, the Ravens offense just couldn't get it, anything going. And, you know, being in their division, I see their games more often than not. And even last season, the Chiefs had a pretty underrated defense. And so I, I think this is a, a questionable move. We'll see how it pans out. You know, clearly he's going for the streaming strategy. Um, but also, Matt, uh, dropping Greg Zerline for Gostkowski, um, which, yeah, that's that, that makes me wonder what, what he's thinking there. Um, what do you think of that, Kieran? Do you, do you think it's a good move? Uh, for so he went Zerline for Gostowski, right? That's what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, I understand. You know, the idea he might be trying to, you know, see what he can get out of something just per game. For me, I'm on the side of kickers and defenses can kind of be interchangeable unless you have one that's clearly a tier mm-hmm. above, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, now not looking so great because of the Tennessee Pittsburgh uh, potential postponement uh, it is postponed to tuesday but most likely but you know it could be extra questionable i think it really just comes down to you know kind of looking at the matchup seeing what you're going to do so if that's what he went with versus dallas uh you know versus zerline could be that he's just losing faith and thinks that when they play pittsburgh they're going to be kicking more than actually scoring touchdowns yeah maybe pittsburgh does have a really good defense so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Speaking of the Titans and the Steelers game, um, if you're not already aware, that game has been postponed. It could be Monday. It could be Tuesday. It could be delayed until those two teams' bye weeks. So make sure, like, pause the podcast and make sure that you know what you are going to do. First off, put those Tennessee-Pittsburgh players in your flex spot so that you have the flexibility of going for, you know, say Chris, he has Derrick Henry, you know, if he keeps Derrick Henry where he is in the running back slot, he's going to be limited to strictly just a running back. Whereas if he moves Derrick Henry into that flex spot, he has the options of running back, wide receiver, or a tight end to slot in. Um, But you need to figure out what your backup options are going to be. Now, Matt uh, proposed a, uh, I guess, a temporary rule change in the chat today. So basically allowing anybody who has a player that's going to be affected uh, by a game due to COVID uh, to allow them to select a backup player that can be slotted in before the Thursday night games. Uh, Kieran, what do you think of that rule? Do you think we should implement this or do you think it's a bad idea? I think it's a good idea. This season is obviously going to be one for the record books in terms of the weirdness, the many changes that are going to happen on the fly. Um, I think, you know, we kind of got to change the rules of fantasy for that to kind of cater to that. Um, It might end up, you know, kind of being frustrating for uh, a few people, but I think it's more so going to help mitigate, you know, what I expect to happen more so in the season. I think there's going to be a few more times where this happens, where there's a lot of questionable players up until a Tuesday or the end of the week. And I think, uh, it's a good idea for, you know, the sense of fairness throughout as long as you're on top of it and aware that your team has that possibility and naming that like the rule, like everyone said before the Thursday night football games, 
I think it shouldn't cause too many issues with anyone. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think this is a great idea. Um, cause when, I, when I think of this particular instance, I think of Chris's team, you know, his number one pick is Derek Henry and to tell Chris, Hey, sorry, somebody on his team tested positive for COVID. You're going to have to take the goose egg this week. I just don't think that's fair. Um, and you know, fantasy football is mostly about luck, but we do have to maintain at least some semblance of fairness when we can get it. Um, I did see earlier today that the Las Vegas Raiders are in some heat, um, both through the NFL and their owner. They had this charity event where they did this meet and greet with fans and they took pictures. And in none of these pictures, none of the players are wearing masks. And the owner, Mark Davis, very publicly said he's disappointed. He expects better of his players. The NFL is launching an investigation. So if you have any Raiders on your fantasy rosters, you need to keep an eye out for this news because you could very well be in this situation next week. Yeah, no, I saw that right before we uh, jumped on for this, actually. I was I was laughing because of, you know, that is just stupidity yeah. uh, by oh, the team, by the guys. Totally right. You, you got to know what you're doing. Like it, it does not surprise me at all that's the Raiders doing this. Um, maybe I'm biased. <laughs> all right, so next segment I like to call Comeback of the Week. Now, um, I've added an extra stipulation this week because uh, Matt was picking me or Anthony uh, as a comeback. Um, but for me, a comeback player needs to be somebody that's projected by the sleeper app to lose as well. So not just losing the last week, but also projected to lose this week as well. Um, Kieran, do you have your pick uh, already? If not, I can go ahead and go. Yeah. Ahead. No, I've, I've got mine. I, I very easily picked mine uh, once I looked at what the actual projections were on the app um, and looked at, you know, last week. And I think for me, that's Chris uh, as the comeback. Um, obviously he's, basically in the situation that I was in last week heading into the week where he had an almost record low in points got had nothing going for him I was lucky enough to be playing him last week when that happened so thank you Chris um but looking now I like Chris's team um you know I I like the idea of the strong running backs it's better to have that and then not uh the you know I would say he does run into the problem of which of his starting running backs is he going to play each week. I, I wouldn't necessarily love needing to fret over that, but the running backs can carry his team. And if his wide receivers actually show up, um, you know, I, I think he's going to have a very good shot at this game uh, better than the app says, especially with uh, looking at, you know, his two losses both against me. And I think it was, week one, I'm not too sure, but I was looking at it earlier. Um, he's lost specifically when his wide receivers have gotten him just barely 10 points together. So his wide receivers just need to, they don't need to be anything special, right? Because his running backs are solid. So I think he has, if, if they can just hit their projection or at least close enough, I think he has a real chance of actually getting this win this week. Yeah. Especially since uh, it's looking like Lamar Jackson isn't uh what he was for everyone last season, although he is playing uh, the, the Washington football team this year. I almost said the slurs. Uh, it's going to take some getting <laughs> used to. Um, but yeah, uh, Lamar Jackson does have a good matchup this week, but you're right. You know, if his wide receivers can get even close to their projections, 
they're going to be able to carry him. And also hinges on whether or not the Titans and Steelers actually play this week. If they do, mm-hmm. um, I, I can see Derrick Henry be, having an awesome game, even if they do have a stout rushing defense. Um, you know, the Titans have become that team where you, you do have to respect both the passing and the rushing. You can't just, you know, say, oh, we're going to stop Derrick Henry and it goes down from there. Like, no, they, they got Corey Davis. They got Johnny Smith. They, Tannehill is not a scrub. Um, so they, they have options. Um, I, th- I think if Her- if Derrick Henry does end up actually playing a, a week four game, uh, yeah, I can I can see Chris's team winning uh, looking at uh, this matchup that he has against James. My comeback of the week, though, is actually going to be Evan. This is a really close one. Um, but looking at these two teams, especially after this trade, uh, Evan has a, a pretty balanced team. And I, I like what I see. Uh, I don't think, you know, outside of, well, never mind. Sorry, I was about to talk out my ass again. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Evan's my pick. Uh, he's, his team's kind of wavered back and forth. Their project, his matchup with, uh, with Justin, you know, even, you know, it's already with the projections going to be a close matchup. And what we've seen with these with these close games is one team comes out the gate, they hit their projections easily, and the other team kind of fizzles out. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I I think Evan has the upper hand with this matchup, especially after that trade uh, with Melvin Gordon for Johnny Smith. Yeah, no, I like that as well. It'll be a good one to watch. Yeah, this, this should be an exciting week. Uh, even without the drama of are the Titans and the Steelers going to play. So I'm looking forward to this week's game. I mean, and you also got to keep in mind, uh, I know the projections have me getting destroyed by you, but as we saw last week, you can't count me out. Yeah. Although you're only projected only say that. Uh, 88 points. So it's, uh, yeah. going, it's looking a little rough for you, buddy. But well, it's, it's, it's currently because I got the Cleveland defense in there projected at about one point. So I'm hoping I can uh, figure something out yeah. to kind of bump that at last, least a little I bit. I was like, why is he starting the Browns defense? And then, you know, I looked at your score on Monday and I'm like, okay. That actually ended up uh, panning out for him. I, I still wouldn't have ever dreamed of rostering the Browns, but um, I also didn't see myself rostering the Buccaneers defense at the beginning. <laughs> that has working out. Wait, wait, the Browns are – they're projected straight up zero points for you. <laughs> what? Oh, has it? Is it, it updated to zero? I was looking at it and it was one. So they're just dropping. Yeah, okay, no, it is one to know. point. <laughs> they are playing the Cowboys. So that, I guess that kind of <laughs> makes sense. Um, but that does bring me to our closing segment. Typically, I would have um, the guest kind of give a little pep talk to their team, like what I had in that to. But since we are playing each other this week, and I actually didn't really, you know, really realize this until a couple of days ago, I think it'd be fun if if we both kind of talked a little trash on each other's teams, you can go uh, player by player or just take my team as a whole. But Kieran, you take the floor. You talk whatever trash you want and talk to my team right now. All right. Well, I mean, if this starting team that you have there is what it's going to, I just got to keep hoping that your players perform below, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, You can't expect Eckler to get crazy numbers every single time, especially if you have Joshua Kelly on the rise. I'm hoping – but that stays the same. I can't really talk trash about Zeke. I love Zeke. Um, but, hey, I, I see a down year for Watson. He, I'm, you know, yeah. you have Hopkins and Watson together, but Houston's going to keep struggling. 
Uh, I think that's going to be a problem. And, and honestly, I I know the app is not saying that I have a chance, but I, I'm not counting my guys out. And I, you know, Andrews drops another three balls. It's not looking good for, that great for you either. You know, and there's every chance in the world that I'm I've got you. Don't let me sneak up on you. Yeah, Watson has not his projections once a season. And watching Andrews on Monday Night Football, uh, it, it made me made me need to drink. Yeah, that was rough to watch. But you know, I look at your team. I see Matt Stafford, whose career is being wasted on the Lions. If you were on any other team, he'd have a ring right now. Uh, Kareem Hunt, uh, when he's not uh, busy punching women, he's busy disappointing you on your fantasy roster. Um, Chris Carson uh, sucks so much that the other team's defense was like, you know what, let, let me do everyone a favor and let me take this guy out. Uh, Robert Woods, um, his quarterback couldn't read a defense to save his life. Uh, Keenan Allen, he's lucky to have a quarterback. Uh, Hunter Henry, man, you know, he was doing better when he had Antonio Gates to absorb all those hits because it turns out he's made of glass. Devontae Adams, his team didn't care enough about him to get himself a second wide receiver for their Hall of Fame quarterback. They just basically squandered their chance for uh, another ring. Um, not even going to bother going over kickers and defenses because kickers and defenses do not really matter unless, like you said, they have a tier above. So that's that's my trash talk here. Um, Kieran, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, it was great to have you. Uh, there is one more thing that I want to talk about. Feel free to chime in if you wish. Um, but, you know, we play – well, first off, did you want to respond to any of my trash talk at all? I'll give you that. Uh, no, no, I, I, I'd like it. I like going through each single one. I think I'll, uh, I'll keep that in mind as I'm watching this weekend. Fired me up a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, just wanted to say again, yeah, thank you for having me. This is a really cool idea. I'm glad you're doing this each week. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, so yeah, um, as I was going to say, there is one more thing I want to talk about on the episode. Um, you know, we, we play fantasy football to kind of, uh, have fun and escape from reality, but the reality is we can't escape from the state our country is in right now. If you watched the debates last night, uh, it was, I mean, it, it made you question how far we have fallen. I had three bottles of beer and a glass of wine. I was not in a good place last night. And yeah, my fiance and I were chugging bottles of wine. <laughs> yeah, gosh. But the good news is there is a way to fix this. There's only one. Th well, actually, there's two things we can do to fix this. First off, you need to make sure you are registered to vote. It is super easy to do. It takes just a few minutes. You can go to vote.org. You can also visit your, uh, the website for your state's secretary of state. They should have information on how you can vote in your uh, specific state, whether you're registered and how you can get registered to vote. And if they don't have that kind of information on there, guess what? The secretary of state is an elected official. You have the power to vote somebody in that can uh, provide the kind of resource for you. Um, you can also run for office, although it's a little bit late for that. But yeah, make sure you're registered to vote. Make sure you know how you're going to vote. Uh, Kieran and I both live in states where we uh, have mail-in voting automatically. You're registered to vote and you get a ballot mailed to your house. It is safe. Uh, in fact, Colorado in particular was rated by an independent election commission uh to have the safest and most secure elections of all 50 states. If you are curious about that, I do have a source for that. I'm happy to provide it. Just send me a DM. I'll send it to you. Uh, doesn't have to be an argument or even discussion. 
just say, hey, Spencer, I want to know more about this. I will send it to you. Um, if you want to vote in person, wear a mask, social distance. If you don't feel like doing that, uh, you know, wearing the mask, social distancing, you know, at least, you know, COVID's not going to kill you by, before you can cast your ballot. As long as you cast your ballot before you get the COVID, that's fine. But you need to make sure you vote. Democracy is only going to work if you participate. Uh, Kieran, is there anything you'd like to add on to that? No, I mean, I, I think you're completely right. I think, uh, you know, everyone should be voting. Everyone, you know, needs to have their voice heard. Um, and it's important that we do so, especially with how things are in the current climate of the country, right? Um, and I think just on top of that, on top of actually voting, I think it's everyone's responsibility to look at things themselves, to do their own research, to not just look at whatever their normal media sources are, but to seek out the information so that they can make informed decisions when they are voting. Because if you're voting without being informed, then what is the real point? Um, so I think be informed and actually get out there and vote. It's very important. Yeah, exactly. And your vote does matter. I am telling you, even if you live in a one party state or a seemingly one party state like Texas, your vote does matter. And this is the one time where the government has to respect your decisions. Some of you may find that laughable, but think about it. They can't just say, no, no, these these ballots don't add up to this. We have uh, rules in place to prevent that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, please, please, please make sure you register to vote. Please, please, please figure out how you're going to vote. And then please, 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 please vote. Only 60% of Americans voted in 2016, and that is 100% unacceptable. Kieran, uh, thank you again for joining the show. I'm sorry we had to end it on such a somber note. Hopefully next week we can uh, just get back to the fantasy football. And Kieran, you have a great week, my man. Yeah, you too. Again, thank you. I, I hope to be back here soon. Uh, you know, at that time we can talk about, you know, this particular week where we're facing each other, maybe talk a little more smack then. But uh, no, thank you again. And uh, we'll see how this week goes. All right. And we will see you guys next time on the podcast of Prestige. Spencer Sheaf signing out.